result. Shit, check this out, y'all. Uh, read a book, read a book, read a motherfucking book, read a book. 800 If America is to grow up thinking, reading is fundamental. To find out how you can help, write to. I'm Candy, the final girl. Anonymity is the new fame. And I'm Shaun of the Dead. If you do chop your dick, do not feed it to my cat. That's not something I want to know every time Cora licks my face. <laughs> and tonight on The House That Screams, we are talking about the 2005 novel by Chuck Palahniuk called Haunted for our new Brain Eaters section of the show where we will be discussing horror lit. We have Erica Wright. What matters is people need a monster they can believe in, a true and horrible enemy, a demon to define themselves against. Otherwise, it's just us against us. Very nice. And we have Dave Gurman. That's the American dream, to make your life into something you can sell. (laughs) And we have Crystal. After that long underwater walk, my sinuses have never been the same. You <laughs> are <laughs> my soul. Right. <laughs> so I thought I would start us out tonight since um, I kind of inflicted this book upon everyone. Um, it depends on how you look at it. It's a blessing or a curse. Uh, can be both. You'll be Um, getting a bill from my therapist. (laughs) Well, interesting you should say that. That's going to come up. Um, The first time that I was familiar with anything to do with this book, um, I was a Chuck Palahniuk fan, um, was the story Guts was uh, published previous to the book coming out. And um, so I couldn't find it. You know, I, I was broke i only had one child at the time but um i was was very broke supporting this child by myself and um so i was looking on the internet for a copy to read because i wanted to read it and um all i could find was somebody else reading it so i listened to the story guts and i of course you know had some kind of reaction inside my body at certain parts of the story and it made me feel sick, but I, it didn't stop me from when the book came out to go, you know, haunted. Okay, yeah, I want to read this. Um, but there is something when um, the story is read, it's called the guts phenomenon or guts syndrome, There, you know, things like that. Um, and I'll go more into that in, um, in an excerpt I'd like to read after we hear everyone's first encounter or experience with this book. But the first time that I read the book... I was going through a particularly hard time and I was very, very stressed. My anxiety was very high. We were messing around with my meds. Story of my life. And um, so 
I decided, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to fucking read this book, get my mind on something else. Bad choice of books. I, I mean, I like the book, and obviously I recommend it to people, but I always warn them. But uh, I was reading at this traumatic time of my life, and um, the book traumatized me completely. <laughs> um, there's one particular story, which we will get to later, that I will tell you really traumatized me and that's also going to be interesting because i'm going to read an excerpt from the afterword of this book by chuck polinick um i will pass that off well i'll go real quick um candy i can thank you for uh me reading this novel um i had read some chuck polinick um back in the day uh obviously started out with fight club after seeing the movie and fell in love with the the novel and i believe i read choke not too long after that and that was about it that was the extent and i love his writing i love his style uh but i just didn't you know i went through this phase in my life where i wasn't reading a whole lot uh and so i'd gotten through those those two books so i think it was uh maybe about 10 years ago 8 years ago and candy had asked me if i had ever read haunted and I said, no. And she said, you need to read it. And I'm like, okay. And kind of put it off. And she kept bringing it up. And she started to tell me about this story called Guts. And she didn't want to give me any details. She's like, oh, my God, when you read this fucking story, you are going to shit literal bricks. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I've heard that before. So we finally, I finally ended up, I think I ended up getting it on uh, my Kindle. And... I started reading it and, you know, guts comes really quick, um, you know, and I'll preface for those who may be listening to this for some reason and they haven't read the book, um, which, you know, right off the bat, I just want to tell you guys, we're going to dig into to this book. So if you haven't read it, go read it. Don't listen to this. Also, Come lots of trigger warnings. Too many to right. List. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so so the book is essentially. 20 short stories enveloped in this wraparound story. And each of the short stories, obviously they're all written by Chuck Polinick, but they're credited to the individual characters uh, in this. And all of these characters go on this writing retreat, whatever. So Guts is the very first short story in this and comes super quick. And I know we're going to discuss it later, but holy shit. It was, I mean, it's one of those things where you read it and you're just like, oh my God, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? So, yeah, once I read it and, and you know, I'll go into, you know, my feelings about this book later on. But, uh, but yeah, thanks, Candy. I appreciate it. I know you actually do. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> um, who would like to go next? First impression, you know, first well, reading. I, well, I had never read it before, so I'm, I'm new to this. Uh, I started the audio book a few weeks ago and got about a third of the way through. And then to get ready for tonight, I uh, Crystal gave me a couple of the juiciest stories to read. And uh, I I don't know. I just want to I just want to give Chuck a big hug. Hey, Chuck, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck has a very uh, dark view of the human race. The human oh, race. Yeah. It's all, you know, to, 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 you know, understate it a little bit. Very yeah, dark. Woo, exhausting. 
definitely some taboo stuff that he touches on, not just in this mm-hmm. novel, but in a lot of his of novels. His. And yeah. he does it yeah. so he does it so gleefully. Like he's you know, he's just laughing as he does it. Mm-hmm. You can see how this book would just drive some people insane. And something like 75 people faint on in public readings of this book or something. Yeah. 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 And that's part of the phenomenon mm-hmm. that I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that, that's me. Um, so when we saw that this was on the schedule, I kept asking Dave if he was going to read it because, you know, we're, you know, Batman and Robin over here. <laughs> you got to be there for me to be there kind which, of thing. Which am I? Um, I think I like your legs, so you're Robin. Oh, cool. um, but, but um, so I kept asking him and I kept asking him and it wasn't to bug him about it, but, you know, hey, I've got to allot my time in order to, to read something. So, um, you know, like, hey, are you going to read it? I need to know. I need to know. And then he put in our group chat one day, I just bought the book and I'm like, well, I guess I'm reading it like a week <laughs> and a half ago. And I'm like, you know, downloading it at work. So. I read this in between patients at work last week and I'm like all in the computer. Yeah. I'm like all in the computer and I've got like patients coming in and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading this really bad book. Not bad as in like the book's not like something you want to read, but like, please don't look at my screen and judge me by what I've got here and hurry up. (laughs) I need to stick you fucking keep going. Um, But I didn't know about this book. I didn't even make the realization that this was the same author of Fight Club until I looked it up earlier today. I didn't realize it was uh, Chuck uh, Pallet Truck until like <laughs> Pallet Truck earlier today. You guys know <laughs> I butcher people's names, um, but uh, what I'm thankful for, and this is not an insult, period. This is uh, a celebration is that this book is 450 pages. Yeah. The writing that he did in this book, most most authors cannot do in three times the amount of pages. Like I was literally like in the screen reading and reading and reading and reading and the receptionist kept coming over and she's like, I've been talking to you. And I was like, huh? What do you mean you've been <laughs> talking to me? Like I'm, I'm like out of it. Like, girl like what you need me to do because i ain't heard what you said because i'm reading about some of this uh profanity and vulgarity and like some of this you know detailed stuff and i know we'll get into some of the things and i'll probably be more of like a medical uh a medical consultant for this (laughs) for this episode uh but and i'm happy to do that but this um, there was only one story that kind of made my stomach turn a little bit, and it's not the same one that you guys, that your stomachs turned on. Um, I don't know, because I think mine's a different one that maybe not bothered everybody else. Um, it bothered I'm just going to say. <laughs> you know like, like when that, I guess because of my background um, with nursing and I taught CPR, and okay, I'll, so bring, I'll bring up some things about that when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, that one didn't bother me. There are some, there was a one that, that did that I was like, oh girl, ooh, um, I need to go somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but other than that, to me, like hearing that people fainted and that people were like kind of 
like outraged and stuff. And I was like, really? Over this? Have you guys read Alex? Have you read Alex? I need y'all to go read Alex because this looks like Dr. Seuss compared to Alex. This, this does. Um, but, you know, this, this was great. There are a couple of stories that I really, really enjoyed in this. Like I was like, where is this going? And where are we leading to was going to be the climax because not to, not to, to lead into guts, but I think he shot, I think Chuck shot his load early with guts, but it makes sense since you said candy that he released that earlier than this novel. And I didn't know that. I thought it packed a punch to, to, to draw you in. Yeah. If you were to be drawn in, that story was going to be the one. Yeah. It's sort of like a filter. If you if you like this story, you're going to love the rest of it. If you right. if you hate yeah, then story, you can hang. You can hang. Yeah, if you right. can you can hang. Down. You'll you'll survive. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a like or a like, a, like an ink blot test. Yeah. 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 I do think there are worse stories as far as like disturbing, but we'll talk about that. Um, Aaron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so um, actually, this was the first Chuck Palahniuk um, book that I read. I had seen the movie Fight Club, but I had not read the book, and then I eventually got around to Haunted. So I've read it twice. I didn't have time to reread it, uh, like, right before this podcast, but I'm hoping I remember enough details to discuss it intelligently. Um, anyway, yeah, that, uh, like, kicking it off with a story like God's is like, oh, yeah, it's like, that is a fucked up story, but I really don't think it's the most disturbing. Like the other ones are disturbing more on a human nature level of like people just being uh, humans, just being a shitty species basically. And there's this, this whole theme that runs throughout the book on that uh, topic. So, I mean, I I really do enjoy this book. Um, Since then I've read some of his other books, I think survivor being the most one the the one I read most recently, and that's one of my favorites actually. And I hope we can discuss it sometime. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites too. I love Survivor. I'm gonna have to read that. What's going on? My yeah. List? But yeah, I really, I really did enjoy this uh, this book, and it's just it's so uh, so disturbing. And yeah, I, I want to hear what everyone else has to say about individual stories, whether or not they're medically accurate, and also the philosophical issues that he touches on. So I'm looking forward to this discussion. Awesome. Um, I think it's only fair that we start with talking about guts. It's the most mm-hmm. famous story. It's an infamous story. And I have um, an excerpt from um, the afterword that I'd like to read from Chuck Polinick. And we're going to say it a million different ways, and, and that's okay. That we say that. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, yeah, guts. Um, because like I said, I hadn't read it. It was read to me, which I'm, I'm not an audio book or you know people reading to me type. I'm more I like to have a book in my hands. I don't even like to read stuff on Kindle or my phone. It has to be a book in my hands. Um, I guess it goes back to my childhood. But um, yeah, that that story. I was just like. You gotta be fucking kidding me, right? Like that, <laughs> what? What? But you know, I I think it's interesting. What struck me is okay. So the one comment when I announced this on Twitter today, um, when I was asking for people's thoughts, was that somebody said I'd never, I've never looked at a carrot the same way again. No. <laughs> That's all carrots. Those carrots never did nothing. Yeah. I mean, 
so I mean, it, it's just, and, and the way that 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 Chuck talks about this story is he's like, there are three true stories that I put into one um, that I I know of. You know that I know these people. I've met these people, and um, you know, starts out you know with the carrot, just better ways to get yourself off, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and and you know there was something. You know, because we all had, like, a secret or things that we kept from our parents that, like, oh, God, they can never find out. You know, with the carrot and it just disappears and nobody ever talks about it again. (laughs) You know, like, okay, so you know your mom knows. Probably told your dad, but no one ever, ever, ever speaks about it. Not not ever. um, Which is is funny because I kind of question that, too. Like, are there things that my mom found that maybe she didn't – she's still holding on to? Right. I feel like my mom knew I was smoking before she knew I was smoking. Yeah. Like finding because you get careless, or yeah. you know, you think nobody's going to look there or whatever. But yeah, um, like how many how many pairs of crusty socks did my mom pick up? Oh, off fucking of? gross! Oh, all, all of them. Yeah. This is why I don't yeah. clean my son's room. Like, right? like he's old enough. Clean your own shit. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to know. I'm your mom. I don't, don't want to know. Like Tom's picking shit up and putting it in But I also think it's interesting. You know, the one who whose brother had written him. You know, oh well, they jerk off different here. They have this thing, and they put the tip of their dick, and um, they come harder, and he. <laughs> For some reason, the candle wax. And then it's like, well, and now this friend's not going to college because his college fund had to pay for this surgery. Yeah. And you're just like, and then it goes on. But uh, I'll, I'll stop there if people, anybody else wants to, to talk about the rest. Well, I, just... I, I thought the candle wax thing was a little unbelievable only because candle wax is obviously, like a stream of candle wax is obviously quite brittle. It's not something you would think, I mean, if you're going to... Uh, I just, I just didn't find that particular. Hey, hey desperate times call for desperate measures. That, but you got to know that's going to, you know, like a, maybe a knitting needle or something that's sturdy, but not. A knitting oh, needle. Oh, God, no. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't find the camp with that, but, it, but anyway, I, 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 yeah, I, I shouldn't have even God, brought it up. Keep the knitting ne- needles away from him, please. Yeah, we will. I'm making you a sweater for Christmas, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And you'll be no, like, where's the needle, so, needle been? So the thing with the candle wax is that as <clears throat> it is inserted, it's small and it's flexible. It fills the hole, but it is flexible in there. So it's going to take up the whole thing. Whereas like a knitting needle is hard and rigid. Um, I worked in a level one trauma center for the first three years of my nursing career. And I mainly got uh, handed the patients who had various things in their orifices. Um, so oh. that, that was, you know. What's the I craziest thing that, uh, that was found in an orifice? A glass, like a drinking glass in a woman's black. Mm. In, in a in woman's what? what? In a woman's bladder. How'd she get it in her bladder? I'm still trying to figure that out, too. She was very determined. You you think you'd have to pierce something to get it in there. Right, but it was whole and it was intact. And I'm still trying to figure that one out. But, like, you know, I'd have guys come in and they'd have various sizes of jelly jars and things like that (laughs) that were in in their rectal cavities or... You know, sometimes they would come in and they'd have guns in their rectal cavities where they were trying to get off. Uh, some women would have 
you know, guns that they had had put up there and it had gotten stuck or, you know, various did, things. That I, don't, they, I don't mean to interrupt. Did you say guns? Guns. Guns. That's what yeah. I was like, I, did she say guns? I, I work with, gun. I work with a couple of guys who probably shove their guns up their ass. Yeah, probably. Uh, name probably. withheld, but you know who I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably. But, you know, sometimes they would come in and they would have, like, you know, those long, uh, skinny jars that you get that have, like, olive oil in them, but they mm -hmm. have, like, the peppers or yeah. the... The things that like the, the decorative, pepperoni. the decorative, yeah, the decorative yeah, ones. Yeah. They have those shoved in there. Uh, sorry, Dave. Um, bless it. He's losing his appetite. Um, there, there are various things that that would be shoved in there, and sometimes you know I could use forceps like you would to to birth a baby, and I could get those out. Other times, you know, we would have to send them to the OR. And I would have to follow them down to the OR because I was their nurse. Mm -hmm. But my repeat offenders, I had a very well um, relationship with because I was a nurse that got them every single fucking time. <laughs> and I got to the point and I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, what about this? Right. And you come in here and it's the night that I'm working and I get you every single time. Why are you getting off like this? Like, you know, and, and like the worst ones, like I, I would get ill were when gerbils and like white rats and that's a real thing people do that that is yeah. a real thing. yeah oh and, and like birds and like snakes and those type of things because what it is with the white rats and the gerbils and the things is the more that they claw to try to get out that stimulates them sexually they get off harder and this is the whole point of guts they are looking for a way to stimulate themselves to have a harder orgasm. And so I've that never stuff been does more happen. happy to be an asexual in my life. Yeah, that stuff does happen. <laughs> so, I mean, I've had to retrieve all kinds of things from people's orifices that they, you know, have shoved up there, including in, in females, you know, unfortunately, some of the younger ones just don't understand. You cannot lose a tampon. You can't. It if it was up in there. It's still up in there. We've just got to find it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, just because you can't see the string doesn't mean it's not there. Um, but, you know, those kinds of things. So, I mean, it's just just people are freaks. I'm yeah, the freakiest thing I've ever done is gone to the, the gynecologist and had a speculum in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't even uh, like that. I'm just imagining that the poor pet shop shop clerk, the same weird guy comes in like twice a month to buy a white rat. It's like, dude, you know? <laughs> well, well, they go off and they're like, <laughs> like in a trench coat, you know, the typical, like, <laughs> so I, don't ask. I just, you know, but they come in and they're, they've bought a snake before. So they just think that they, they're buying food for the snake. Uh, uh, That's how they work. The where, system. Where, where, where's the snake? Probably at home in the aquarium. Oh, okay. It's just cover. Yeah, because if they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because if they can get the, the, the white mouse or the white rat out, <laughs> yes, who's going to have it afterwards? Oh, the snake, honey, the I snake. Just, I just, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been in my ass, but here's dinner. Circle yeah. of life. Circle of life. <laughs> I do not, you know, just FYI, guys, I don't eat jelly out of a jar anymore. I haven't in 20 years because of 
having to pull so many Smucker's jars and yeah. family jars. Understand. You don't know where that jar's it, been. That's yeah, valid. I'm not touching well, that now, shit. Now, now I don't. <laughs> no, I'm Ten foot cold. I just don't. Yeah. I just wondered, like, why do people choose these types of objects to insert when there are sex shops with all kinds of objects meant to fit That's in different orifices? They would be comfortable in a sex shop. Isn't that strange that they're no. well, yeah, they, they, strange these are the people that these are the people that may be like, you know, hounded <laughs> as youth or something that yeah. there's something wrong with you, or they were sent to, you know, pray the gay away. And they were hiding. But also, if you think about it, if you go to a sex shop, one of the glass, you know, insertion devices for that orifice may be 90, 100 bucks. And this is what one of the guys was telling me that had a big jar stuff where it shouldn't have been. Jar stuff. smuckers like two ninety five. You got a coupon. Right. You know, you save a buck. Three dollars versus, you know, three dollars versus a hundred. <laughs> Some, and, and some stores he, double coupons. Right. And then <laughs> even he said, you know, even at that point, I could still get the hundred dollar, you know, the hundred dollar dildo stuck in there. And you guys aren't going to give it back to me after you pull it out. Right. So I'm going to want that back. Right. Here's the receipt. Well, right. I wonder. Okay. I, so I also Crystal, wonder. Anyone, have, you heard of, have you heard of the kind <laughs> I was just going to say, have any of you guys heard of the concrete enema story? Sorry, we're getting a yes. little off the book, but yeah, yeah that famous no, one. And, and don't tell me it. Oh, but you want to hear it. Um, it. It was published in like the American Journal of Pathology or something like that, but it was yeah. a guy who came in with a hardened mass of concrete in his rectum, and they he had to have help in the emergency room getting it out. They got it out in one piece and it was like a perfect mold of the inside of the human rectum. And so I was like, that's going to be a perfect paperweight for someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gorgeous. probably a proctologist. Gorgeous. They would love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, he, he, he heard that like the sense of the sensation of the concrete hardening enhanced uh, sexual pleasure. Didn't think far enough ahead as far as, well, once it hardens, how do you get it out? Yeah. You have to leave an eye hook in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> That is what happens. So, yeah. They, you don't, you, a, they, yeah, they think about, you know, yeah, A, this sounds like a good idea. I want extra pleasure. This is mm -hmm. supposed to make it extra nice. Do they don't think about the end? Oh, how am I supposed to get all of this out without requiring emergency room, mm -hmm. <laughs> emergency room department help? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah well. So Erica, what are what are your thoughts or what would you like to talk about with guts? <laughs> related to guts or uh, related to the book as a whole? Uh, related to guts. Oh, um, well, I mean, that, that definitely does um, start the book off with a bang. I really don't think it's the most disturbing story in there. It's just a gross out story. And it's kind of funny, honestly. Like yeah. at least if your sense of humor is really twisted, it, it's kind of humorous. And then that little, yeah. uh, little twist at the end that um, his sister gets pregnant from pregnant. swimming in the same pool where he ejaculated. <laughs> it's just like so. Then he's like the patron saint of abortions because <laughs> she has <laughs> a fetus aborted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so gross. <laughs> Pearl diving. Pearl diving. Right. Pearl diving. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. what it was. Yeah, I mean, and, and all this talk about, you know, inserting 
uh, inanimate objects into other orifices. You know, we get to the to the meat, and I and I air quote meat of the story um, <laughs> when when he gets into the pool and he realizes that if he nestles down on that inlet at the bottom of the pool and masturbates like that is like and on top of that there's also some some autoerotic asphyxiation like I was about to say because because he's underwater and he's he's holding his breath for 3 to 4 minutes and he talks right. about how great his lung capacity is now but he mm-hmm. can't he can't finish so he has to go up and get more air and he comes back down and he nestles down on that inlet you know and and he gets to the point to where he starts to see the stars you know as he's as he's slowly like kind of drowning himself um and you know of course what we get to um because i don't know who's listening to this maybe they haven't read the story they're probably like what the fuck are they talking about <laughs> he eventually but, realizes uh... he he eventually realizes he cannot get himself off of this this inlet so he finally gets his feet under him and he pushes himself up and he realizes he can't reach the he can't reach mm-hmm. air he can't get out of the water he's he's stuck and yeah. and that's when he finds out that it's his intestines that have been sucked into the inlet right and and i i will i will leave a little bit you know i don't i don't want to go into too much detail because dave's <laughs> starting to look a little little white he can. Um, little, little <laughs> well, I got it. Gills. If he falls over, I got it. Um, but uh, but you know, and I'll leave it for for people who may be listening who haven't read it. Like, I don't want to ruin everything, but right. I do want to say it wasn't so much the description of of what he experienced. Um, it, there, there's a line in this that that really kind of got me and, and and I'll agree with Erica this isn't the most disturbing story in this no but it is definitely starter. one of it, it is a good starter um for within the first 10 pages you know either I'm going to stick with this or I'm not going to stick with this and right? they check right the fuck out right and and there, and and there are people that are going to read it and they're going to be like nope and they're going to toss that book Right in the fucking trash. But, <laughs> but but the line that got me with this, and this is that whole show don't tell um, that you hear a lot about writing. You know, there are writers that, that tell you things, and then there are writers that show you. And yes. this, is, this is probably my favorite line in this whole short story. Mm-hmm. It's not something you want to tell a girl on the first date. Not if you expect to kiss goodnight. If I told you how it tasted... You would never ever again eat calamari. <laughs> yes. And yeah. and when I when it got to that point, because I've I've eaten calamari, I know how yes, it tastes. I have too. <laughs> and and so when I when I saw that, yeah. I, I I could visualize that, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Well, I mean, I want to take that one step a little bit further. Where I'm from, we have the annual Chitlin Hoedown. If you know what a chitlin is, I do. Pig intestines. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you've tasted chitlins, same thing here. Um, but uh, yeah, so with the calamari thing, but he he also goes in there to talk about himself eating meat. 
and how once you have a bowel resection, because that's what had to happen to him. Basically, like to free himself, he kind of had to had to do a choppy choppy chop suey and get out. And you know, there's blood. It ensues. Um, and so then they had to reattach basically his intestines to his anus. Um, and so once you eat like pot roast or stringy types of meat and it goes through you, you, you don't have the length of intestines needed to break it down. So it kind of still comes out stringy. I've had a bowel resection because I had diverticulitis. So I have six and a half inches of my colon cut out a few years ago. I can attest with him. What he says in the book is once you eat certain types of meat and you see how it comes out, it makes you not want to eat that again. Oh, I can imagine. And, and, and that's true. Once I eat certain things and the way that it rolls out, no, sir. No, sir. That's not rolling <laughs> through again. Um, <laughs> but I would like to point out on those inlet drains and how it suctions in and stuff. Um, when I taught my students and taught my uh, CPR classes, I would always teach them that everyone needs to know how at a pool, that entire family needs to know how to cut those off, cut the pumps off. And everyone needs to have an emergency kit with a pair of scissors nearby. Because the number one thing to get caught in those inlet drains are hair and mm -hmm. then the strings from boys swim shorts. And those normally are what kind of causes drownings. Now, in the state of Florida, what normally gets caught in those inlet drowns are peepees, ah. are, are, men, <laughs> are men's penises. So <laughs> the, the EMSs there generally get called out to pools a lot to, to free men. Um, now, anatomically, it's kind of... Uh, Ron DeSantis suddenly makes a lot more sense to me. <laughs> It's anatomically, <laughs> it's kind of impossible to prolapse that much out. So you can prolapse the anus like that first inch and a half, but past the anus, that rectal vault, and then up into the intestines with, with the force from the, the inlet, from the, the pump and that kind of thing, you wouldn't be able to just rip it all out like, like described in the novel. But uh, you could get your pee, pee stuck in there. Don't go sticking stuff into random holes. Even though it feels good, that's the whole point right. of the story. So, um, I want to, at this point, read uh, from the afterword, and then we can move on to talk about some of our other selections um, throughout the book. This is from the afterword called The Guts Effect. Um, this is Chuck Polanuk. And he says, and it starts off, no one fainted the first time I read the short story Guts. This was on a Tuesday night in the writer's workshop where my friends and I have shared our work since 1991. Each week, I would read another of the short stories I had planned to include in a novel to be called Haunted. My goal was to create horror around very ordinary things. Carrots, candles, swimming pools, microwave popcorn, bowling balls. No one fainted. In fact, my friends laughed. At moments, the room had the silence of a total shocked attention. No one scribbled helpful notes in the margin of their copy. No one reached for their glass of wine. 
This was better than the Tuesday before, where my story called Exodus sent a friend into the bathroom where she cried behind the locked door for the rest of the evening. Later, her therapist would ask for a copy of that story to help with her psychoanalysis. Um, and skip to the end. Um, I'd, I'd love to read the whole thing. I encourage people to seek this out. Um, so here's the end. But if you want the freedom to go anywhere and talk about anything, then write books. That's why I wrote Guts, just a three-act short story based on true-life anecdotes. People write to say this story is the funniest they've ever heard. People write to say it's the saddest they've ever heard. And Guts is by no means the darkest or funniest or most upsetting story in the ha novel Haunted. Some I didn't dare read in public. These are places that only books can go. <laughs> Absolutely. So he read Exodus in public? No, he won't. Wow. He, won't. Well, he read it oh, to his oh. writer's group. And, the, and <clears throat> so everybody in his writer's group, they heard Guts. And they were like, just rapt attention. Nobody got sick. Nobody <clears throat> fainted or anything like that. Nobody was writing anything. They were just really attentive to the story. And um, when the, the week before, when he had read Exodus, a woman in the writer's group broke down crying and locked herself in, you know, was in the bathroom crying to the point where, you know, her therapist asked to read a copy of the story because she had like a breakdown. Yeah. And, like triggered her. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to, to share the guts effect, but there is a, you know, he has people at every reading of this uh, faint and a, a certain part of the story. Um, and uh, so they would, you know, got to be where um, they started to notice when the people were fainting. It was usually men. And um, they, you know, there was always ambulances um, showing up and um, he, uh, and it, I think it was in Italy. He had a, a very famous like oratorian read it, and he and he said with that voice, it was like a gunshot. So many people fainted, like it was like papow at that same part. So it's the same part where everyone faints when hearing this. If you are the fainting type of you know, and sometimes you don't know that you are until you know it's just sort of like the way that it's written or whatever it, it just triggers people these particular parts and i'm not going to share what they are because I, I think it's all the fun yeah certain particulates yeah certain <laughs> certain couple words but um but they noticed that they started to notice the trend but um right yeah we'll we'll wrap up guts and um i'd like to sort <laughs> of open up the floor and um everybody just talk about uh sort of it's hard to have like a favorite or a non-favorite. It, it's just sort of like what story affected you personally the most. Well, I'm curious about. I I don't know about affected me personally, but one that I really want more of um, is Mother Nature's footwork. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah, absolutely yeah. loved that story because it's the whole thing is about New Age assassins. And, you know, and, and, and for her, she's a, a reflexologist um, yes, yeah. and, and basically um, foot massage assassin. Um, so Quentin Tarantino would be in seventh fucking heaven for this one. <laughs> right before he died. Right. Um, but, but what got me about it is, is the, the she goes on to mention like uh, Reiki assassins. Uh, right. Chakra <laughs> assassins. Mm -hmm. yes. And that's, I want more of that. I want that story. I want the, I want the chakra serial killer that like 
you know, sits certain you know, <laughs> gems no. on certain certain chakra points to murder people. No. Don't forget about the feng shui. Yeah, that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you, can, like, you can kill people with feng shui. Yeah, you move their bedside lamp three inches to the left and they fucking die. I, that's that's the power. Like a right renal there. failure right. or something. Right, like right. Martha yeah. Stewart could kill thousands, you know. Right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she has. Yeah. Maybe she has. But yeah, I definitely I definitely want more of that. And then the other story that I I really enjoyed was Swan Song by the Earl of Slander. Uh, and that was the one where he wanted yes. to be the, the journalist. And... Oh, he he runs into the veterinarian who just so happens to be this child actor, uh, former child actor, and he's living like this, you know, really nice, quaint life as a veterinarian, and you know, it's he's quiet life, he's happy, and he wants to write a story about it, and his editor's like, absolutely not. He's like, nobody wants a a, a happy ending, you know. Yeah, or a boring <laughs> story. Find me, mm-hmm. find me, find me some some kitty porn, or you know find him dead right yeah or or why not all three you know and so he sets out to you know do all these things where he plants kitty porn and you know does all of this stuff and ends up you know writing this this you know fifteen thousand word article about this guy you know and he pre-writes it before he does any of this stuff you know he's he's totally prepared but the one thing that i that that kind of pulled me back from fully in, enjoying the story is the trauma that he keeps putting his dog through in order to get yeah. to the vet. So he like yeah. feeds the dog antifreeze so that he oh, has a reason God. to go. And then, you know, and then the whole story ends with his dog dying. You know, he gets the story and he wins the Pulitzer, but you know, his dog dies in the process. And, and at the end, I'm kind of like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Right, because he's taking the dog around. The dog gets sick, and now he has all this money. He can afford any vet he wants, but no vet can take him in. Right, right, yeah. But mm-hmm. those are those are my two fun picks. If I could go next, just to get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, this story, the first time, you know, like I said, I was going through a traumatic time in my life because um, sometimes my mental health flares up like arthritis i guess you could say or it used to we've had it better under control i have you know severe panic disorder and uh um post-traumatic stress and things like that usually um it's under control but i have times where it's bad and i was reading this book for the first time when it was a bad time for me and uh when i got to exodus um there was something about that story and so when i read that afterward where it sent one of the women in the uh, the writer's group into the bathroom and was sobbing to the point when she's, you know, having to see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist wants to read the story. You know, they're trying to unlock some things or talk about them or whatever in some deep therapy. This story, after, I mean, I, I read it, but after it was over, like, I, I was had, like, this massive panic attack and I was, like, sobbing and sobbing. And I just, it just really fucked me up. And, you know, and, and I'm sure that I, I know that bespeaks of, you know, my own personal hangups, but uh, it's a really fucking disturbing story, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, in that little piece I, I read uh, that Polinick wrote, sorry, <laughs> where he said, you know, Guts is by far not the funniest and not the saddest and not the most disturbing story in this 
book, he's absolutely right. To me, it was Exodus. But I have to say, my other one would be the Nightmare Box. I yeah. think that one, it yeah. reads like like a straight-up horror piece. Like, just straight horror. It is it is actually terrifying and creepy. It gets under your skin. Um, and that's part of, like, a three-part set of stories um, yeah. from um, Mrs. Mrs. Clark. Because everybody there has um, these different, you know, they go by sort of their names and um, of what the stories are that they tell. Because I, I should preface this, we do have a big wraparound with these. And these, all these characters mm -hmm. are on a writer's retreat uh, for three months. They can't tell anybody they're going. They just have to disappear. And they can't bring more than one suitcase with them or the things they hold most dear or whatever. So we have, like, these wraparound things that happen, and we'll talk about those later. But um, instead of writing their magnum opus like they're supposed to, they end up just telling their own stories. And um, I think that kind of is part of what gets under your skin so much about these. But, yeah, the Nightmare Box just reads straight up like a, a great short story purely horror absolutely and it's it's it, it's bothersome it's mm -hmm. disturbing in a way like sort of like watching the tape from the ring you know in mm -hmm. a way where seven days like but it's worse than that it's worse so those are that's that's two i'm gonna throw out um uh, can, I, can, I, yeah. can i go can i go oh yeah go ahead uh, what i can't go no well why not you need to go at the end. Oh, because it's the last. Yeah, because my pick is the last story in the book. So I'll wait. It was locked up. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry. Like uh, my screen froze, so I didn't know whose turn it was. But you Dave, you can go if you want. No, he was okay. saying. Um, um, I. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Exodus was really troubling one for sure i found that like one of the most disturbing stories the other one i found being just in terms of human nature being shitty was uh what was it called was it speaking bitterness the one with uh comrade snarky where she's at a, a women's consciousness raising group like what were popular yeah. in the 70s you know kind of second wave feminist stuff and there's one woman in their group who doesn't fit in because she seems very uh, conventionally feminine and she's like taken care with her hair and makeup and that kind of thing. So they accuse this woman of not being a real woman. So basically they're what we would now call TERFs. They're trans exclusionary uh, radical feminists. But they basically end up uh, raping this woman because they're trying to find proof that she was actually a male. Um, and, and then it's kind of implied that yeah, like she actually wasn't trans. They just assaulted this woman because she didn't fit in with their idea of what women should be like. So that that one I found really uh, disturbing. Like, so these women who are like so-called feminists are basically engaged in the same behaviors that that they're trying to get away from, like what you would associate with the patriarchy or or with men, and they're just as bad. Um, so that one was troubling. I, one I really loved was the Nightmare Box, though. I, I just love that type of horror story where someone sees something that just drives them insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's a trope yeah. I really enjoy. Out, like, what was it? You know, but we do find out yeah. in a way, right? Like, what did they see? <laughs> did you ever read that Stephen King story? Oh, is it N about the stones yes. in the field? Yeah, I, yeah. 
that story. It's one of my yeah. favorite yeah. Stephen King novellas. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, yeah, I love that one too. My turn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so the one that I didn't like, uh, well, I mean, I liked it up to a certain point uh, was Mother Nature's Reflexology. Uh, uh, because the second that the foot went in the mouth, I knew, I, I knew the second I said that and you flipped me off, I was like, that's the part that got her. That me. was the part where I was like, <laughs> uh, that was the part that got me. But yeah, there is a dark side to reflexology where, yeah, you can fuck somebody up. If somebody does not know what they are doing when they, when they are, are trying to do reflexology, on your foot, they they can fuck you up. So, but my my question is, can you give a good orgasm? You yeah, massaging? there are there are sensual parts of the foot that are supposed to be linked to that. Um, but yeah, so you could give a footy, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure, Tarantino's had many. not the same not the same as a footy. That's different. No. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, the second. I mean, I understood why why she did it, but the second that, that nasty foot went in her mouth, I was just like, huh, huh, huh. that was the only that was the only part in the book that really had my stomach turn, and that's just because of my whole foot problem. No. I just I can't do feet, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I felt more I felt more sorry for mother nature's parents than than anyone because she had to say like if you receive a call from anyone you know if if they're asking about me i'm dead you don't know me da 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 you know this is it kind of thing um so i kind of felt sorry for that um the story i kind of was waiting for the whole novel like you know it was building up to and i kind of wanted to hear and everything that i really did like a lot was evil spirits it was miss sneezy so i was like oh i am kind of used to the used to this with that um because whenever i have a lupus flare-up or whenever um my immune system because i have a uh, chronic uh immune immunodeficiency so whenever like i'm hospitalized with that i kind of go through the same thing where i'm kind of putting in a bubble but it's the opposite Instead of like killing people that are around me, you know, anybody sneeze or cough and, you know, you know, there I go. Um, but the one thing that bothered me about Chuck, uh, pallet, pallet truck, is that in that story, he <laughs> named the CDC. He calls it the Center for uh, Disease uh, Control. The actual name for the CDC is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Like it's a whole, it's a whole line. And I'm like, if you're going to go there and you're going to call it out, call the whole thing out, like do the this, whole, this whole book. And that's what got you. Well, I had to <laughs> teach it. I had to teach it for so long. Um, I like, I, I liked that one. I did like Baroness Frostbite's hot potting. Oh, I, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I enjoyed the buildup in that story. And how they talked about it, because you start off with her getting on the bus and they're like, she has no lips, like period, like no mouth, no lips, like, you know, and you, you know, you're going to get that explained to you, but how, 
how was that explained? And they essentially make you wait almost the entire book before that's explained to you. Um, and Exodus, Exodus did get me, but just a little, just a little sidebar. I taught and I taught nursing for high school juniors and seniors for college. And I also taught adults at the same time. So for anatomy, anatomy, uh, anatomically detailed dolls versus anatomically correct dolls, I had anatomically correct dolls because they had to be trained on how to clean people and how to take care of people, how to catheterize people, period. So everything was anatomically correct. I literally couldn't find the penises when I first started there for these dolls because they swapped out. The, the, the vaginas and the penises swapped out for the dolls. Uh, they were basically mannequins that were, you know, as large as I was. Um, and so I had to call the director. Uh, I had to call my dean and I'm like, look, I, I can't find the penises. I'm like, <laughs> where are they? I've looked everywhere. And she's like, oh, we have to keep them locked up. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, why are we keeping these locked up? She said, we have to keep the penises locked up. We have to keep the dentures locked up. Excuse me, ma'am, what? She said, people walk off with them. So dentures and the penises people would walk off with. So as I was reading Exodus, I could kind of see where it was going because I also taught CPR too. And like, I would have to deep clean the fuck out of all the CPR dummies and everything like that too. So, but, but I could see where it was going because I knew that how I had to like, you know, keep everything locked up like that, that you would, you know, you would have better faith or, or kind of hope in humanity, but, but you, you knew better once you found out that everything had to be locked up like that, you know, you couldn't leave stuff just in a, just in a, in, in a cabinet or something, you had to actually lock it up between behind two locks. Wow. wow. So I hate to ask, why the dentures, though? Like, why because, were people... Because we would have funeral homes donate them to us to use for denture care and things like that. And we would have people steal them so they wouldn't have to go buy dentures. They would, like, uh, see if they fit their mouths and stuff, and they would walk off. So so at least it wasn't a perverted thing with the dentures. That's good. Oh, we're going to hope we know of. We're going to hope not. And then you're like working in the the emergency room pulling dentures out of someone's ass. <laughs> well, you know, it's all full circle at this point. Right, it's all for a <laughs> nothing like is off the table here. It's like the owl yeah. biology class in in high school that you're dissecting. Oh, wow, yeah, it's <laughs> dark. I mean, Dave, you ready? <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm not ready. Is it my turn? It is. Yeah. Yes, it is your turn. All right, the story that I picked, uh, I picked just one, uh, was the, I guess it's the final story before the big wraparound was obsolete. I guess it's the story that Mr. Whittier tells yeah. about. So apparently um, we send a probe out to the planet Venus, a probe, a manned probe out to the planet Venus. And what they discover with their long range cameras is Venus is paradise. That every human soul that has died uh, is there living, you know, eternally happy, blissful, 
able to screw and drink and do whatever. So apparently humanity gets into its mind. What we all have to do is die at the same time, because apparently what happens is you, you get to go there. But if a new baby is born, a soul from paradise has to be brought back to earth to inhabit this child. And so no one can stay there forever unless all humanity dies at once. So apparently the, all the governments of the world come together and think, okay, we have to kill. Everyone has to die all at the same time. And I found that really interesting because a lot of the world's religions, I, I would say even most, I'm not an expert on religions. I'm very cynical towards religion, but is that, you know, this earth is just a, a way station. Onto, so it, it teaches us that this, this life is worth nothing but to burn just to get to the next, you know, the next plane, which is why so much suffering happens on earth, I think. So the, the, I like mm -hmm. this story, took it and, and uh, was, it was saying, what if we find out that that's actually true? Like on, the, the, all the governments of the world actually agree, yes, we have to all die to get to paradise and we all have to, and everyone has to die. The point of the story is if even one couple able to make a child lives, they're going to have a child who's going to suck at least one soul back from paradise to suffer through a life of suffering and, 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 you know, filth and misery. And so they have to wipe everybody out. So the government uh, disperses uh, suicide kits and uses thermonuclear weapons on places where they can't get to everybody, like the African Sahara, where there's these tribes who are hiding. They sent out murder squads. Uh, and I found it interesting that their, their uniforms and their guns were painted white, you know, white being like purity and goodness, but they're actually just murdering people because they think that that's the only way we're going to get to paradise. I like its take on religion. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not a big mm -hmm. fan of religion in any form at all. No. Any, anything that teaches us that this life isn't the thing that we should be concentrating on, uh, you know, and, and some to more degrees than others. I'm no expert, but I really enjoyed that right. story. It was the one that felt to me, it was the least, it was the least body horror of all of them. It was the most like a, twi <laughs> it was the most like a Twilight Zone Twilight. episode. Yeah, that was, well, that was mm -hmm. one I had him ready. Hold on, we whisper something to him. Oh, I thought I'd read that one. You yeah. did, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know how spoilery we wanted to be, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed that one. I like the I like the space program becoming sort of the um, the end of humanity. Like they discover something that encourages all of mankind to kill themselves all at once. Yeah. Yeah. The imagery, well, the, the, the image that stuck with me was the piles, huge piles of rotting, stinking dead bodies around every skyscraper because people mm -hmm. were just throwing themselves off of the tallest buildings they could find. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, did you get a chance to read uh, Whittier's first story, Dog Years? Yeah, he made it through that part. The, the one where he, he is in the nursing home. And, yeah, he made it through that okay. part. Now, that one was fucked up. It was, absolutely. Yeah. My memory's failing me. <laughs> All of the stories are so fucked up, though, that I can see where it becomes. Oh, of yeah, <laughs> that one was really fucked up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but, I'll, but I'll edit know, that out. I'll just have that reaction when I ask the question. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one. That one. I got your back. <laughs> yeah, that one was, that one was, see, that's, that, again, that was, that's all that sexual stuff. It's like, uh, but you know, as, as someone, as a nurse who, who has worked long-term care and I've had patients that age with progeria and things like that, someone that comes in and volunteers, even us staff, we kind of stare at them and kind of, you know, smirk at them in the same way that he did, mm -hmm. you know, they're just kind of, there trying to 
make themselves feel better right. about the their angels. time. The angels. Yeah. yeah, the angels. They're trying to make themselves feel better. And all they're doing is giving us a hard time. Yeah. Making ourselves but, hell. But, but also the view of someone with progeria, like like someone with progeria, that's such a cruel and horrible illness. It is. And that, you know, you, we want to give them all the sympathy that, that in the world because, you know, Lord knows they've been dealt a shitty hand. But in this particular story, the, the guy with progeria is such a shithead. Yeah. Think of his age and, you know, that rebellious age, the age, his real he's age. Such an be trying to lost some schemes, especially right, if, but, if you're a little juvenile. I'm so conflicted. Type, you know? Yeah, but as I'm reading, as I'm reading this and it's unraveling and then it says Brandon and, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm at the computer and I'm like, Brandon. That's not an old folks person name. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it just keeps going. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just, just <laughs> it truly actually was a motherfucker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, know, shit, you deserved a horrible illness, you little turd. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I like to talk more about the wraparound, maybe some of the characters <laughs> that made an impression upon you. Um. I um I chose my opening quote from Lady Bag Lady. Um, that is an interesting story. Uh, slumming, slumming it, but um, because yeah. <laughs> we meet all these characters, you know, they all had to write some sort of goodbye, but it had to be very like not telling anybody where they're going, and they're on the bus. They and after a while, they they have like they don't have real names. Only you know, Mister Whittier and and Mrs. Clark you know, do we really know their names and they're referred to by them. But um, I think what is the most haunting thing about Haunted is <laughs> the wraparound. Oh, um, yeah. Because it, it's, it seems like one of those sociological and psychological experimentation type things that they did. And you find out, you know, with the whole guinea pigs and, and, and later, you know, as the story unravels between these short stories, you know, um, that this is not the first group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause later on he, you know, Mr. Whittier who has faked his death comes and it's like, okay, your three months are up. You guys can go. You guys are exactly like every other group. And right. you know, that plays into, uh, some of Mrs. Clark's story, uh, her three stories, but, um, and the reason why she's there, but, but the whole thing is this, and this this is my commentary on it. One, human nature is is often nasty and dark. Whether we talk, I mean, there are there are heroes and there are wonderful things, but there there's a lot of darkness and and just horribleness in the world, and this really really shows that. And the thing is, is they're supposed to be there. You know, they keep talking about Villa Diodati. You know, where you know. Yes. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein and, you know, we got Lord Byron, you know, all that stuff, which we touched upon a little bit uh, when we did our Bride of Frankenstein episode. But that's what they're there to do. They all want to write. They're on this writer's retreat. And not, a wanna, not one of those motherfuckers wants to write. They realize, why should we write? We could get rich just selling the story. We can make a villain. We could do these things. And they're willing to self-mutilate. They're willing to kill. They're willing to commit suicide. Or they're willing to... Cannibalism. There's cannibalism. Auto-cannibalism, even. Um, um, Comrade Snarky's eating her own ass. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're like, did you serve me my own ass? And then Miss America. Yeah, Miss America. Oh, yep. 
roast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just like this complete de-evolution. And then the way that they're all scheming, like, I don't know. I, I can't say that I like any of these people. Um, You know, no, nobody really is a beacon of hope or, or shining example of like somebody I, I took too well. Um, They all had their things. But uh, Mother Nature really fucking got on my nerves, though. I don't know. There was something <laughs> about that character. Like, I just I just wanted to kick her ass. Oh, just light an apple cinnamon candle and shit. No, she was eating them. She was she eating them. No. But that's the thing them. is that, you know, um, that uh, that uh, Brandon or Mr. Whittier would save, you know, like uh, somebody and me chooses Miss Sneezy. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't go so well. It's <clears throat> not. No. And um the ending of it reminds me sort of of the ending of the first Saw. Ah, yes, I was yeah. going to say that. Yeah. Yes, but, this reminded um, me of Saw a lot. It, it did. But it's just like they're like why should we write stories? We can create a story. Um it's saying, "Oh, we were tortured and we had to do all this." And then, you know, it, like I started having this impending sense of dread as I read the the book the first time because they're all going around not talking to each other, no plans in place, nobody's communicated this with anybody else, and sabotaging things. Well, we don't need this crepe Suzette's. We don't need the washer to work. We don't need the, the electricity lights. to work. Yeah. We don't need the heat. Yeah, each one we is sabotaging. The they're, they're all sabotaging the one food. I, that found, I found that really amusing. That they didn't they're like. All, they're <laughs> all sabotaging the one food item that they didn't like. Or, or right. didn't want to eat, for but, they wor- but they weren't. But <laughs> like, they weren't working together, working together so they ended together. up sabotaging everything. You know, I think I probably, if I was there, I probably would have been in the opposite camp. I'd have been hoarding the hoarding. one thing yeah. I did like. Like fuck <laughs> you the way that they were sneaking around and and going behind each other's backs and like, oh well, when she dies and she's gonna die. Yeah. Um, whether I kill her or we make it look like, oh, Mr. Whittier, who's dead, did it, or now Mrs. Clark did it, you know. But think about, you know, and they're willing to chop off limbs and 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 um, asses, appendages, <laughs> asses. I mean, eat human flesh just so they can get their fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I would want my fucking fingers if I was going to be rich. I right. would they were chopping my toes. But my they feet. were they but were chopping the- everything, but. Thumbs and index fingers. Yeah, but that's the. I think that's that's kind of the point is that it's it's what lengths people will go to to be rich, to be famous. You know, why not just write the fucking book? Exactly. Exactly. That's too much work. (laughs) You said you know you 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 saw the saw similarities like I did, but saw came out in two thousand four, January of two thousand four. This book didn't come out until two thousand five. So. Did Chuck seesaw? I think they were being sort of done at the same time. They probably were, but did he seesaw and implement? Did that, you know, maybe he had a different ending, yeah. but he I mean, saw, it, saw, it and could was have, like, there oh, could have been some inspiration. Yeah, there could have been some yeah. inspiration. Yeah, because um, I was kind of let down by the ending, honestly. I couldn't see it ending any other way. No. Well, you know, I, I was kind of cheering for Miss Sneezing, you know. That's that's why. No, I wasn't yeah. cheering for anyone. <laughs> I hated them all. Yeah, no, I, I hated them all. I hated Miss them Stacey all. Miss didn't do anything to anyone the whole book. Oh, she was cheering them on like, yeah, we won't have to split with that person if they die, and it's not going to be me that dies. Why can't I be the love interest? Well, no, she was in on it. She, she was, was in on it. it, but they were all. It was because they were all expecting her to die first. 
But that doesn't give her the, but that still makes her awful. She does make awful. her awful, but I mean, she didn't actually go out and kill anybody. <laughs> it's true. She's a little bit less awful, but only because she didn't do as many deeds. She right. was too much of a push to be she was more just active. Awful. Right. Yeah. The two things that made, that I thought of the most reading this were the show Survivor. I hate to like reach for the low hanging <laughs> fruit, but these people who are willing to go on TV and debase themselves. You know, for the shot at a million, or it's not even the shot at a million. A lot, they're all thinking, "Well, I'll still be famous." And also, um, the Stephen King story, "The Running Man." It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the um, the main story, but like there were these other game shows that he mentions in the story, it was like climbing for dollars and yeah. like machine gun for mm-hmm. bucks, like people who are willing to do anything, literally risk their own lives for a few dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what. That's what I kept coming back to in my mind. I, I know I keep coming back to Stephen King, but I'm a big fan. Well, I no. mean, it's hard not to. How, how, how low are we willing to go for our 15 minutes or a million dollars? Yeah, and you know who I did feel the, the sorriest for was the matchmaker. That is who I felt the absolute sorriest for when it comes to, like, a death. Because they tricked him. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, we hear somebody. They're going to be op- they're opening the lock. We hear them now. Mm-hmm. So chop it off or let's go, buddy. Yeah. No. Yep. Right. So I, I want to I'm going to read uh, a little excerpt real quick. Probably I think it's the thing that summarizes this story for me, and it it's almost Buddhist in nature. Um, <coughs> it's uh, <clears throat> war, starvation, plague. They fast track us to enlightenment. We have always loved war. We are born knowing that war is why we're here and we love disease cancer we love earthquakes in this amusement park fun house we call planet earth mr whittier says we adore forest fires oil spills serial killers we love terrorists hijackers dictators pedophiles god how we love the television news the pictures of people lining up beside a long open grave waiting to be shot by another new firing squad The glossy news magazine photos of more everyday people torn to bloody shreds by suicide bombers. The radio bulletins about freeway pileups, the mudslides, the sinking ships. His quivering hands telegraphing the air, Mr. Whittier would say, We love when airplanes crash. We adore pollution, acid rain, global warming, famine. No, Mr. Whittier had no idea. The Duke of Vandals found every bag of anything that included beets. Any silver mylar pillows rattling with the sliced beets inside, dry as poker chips. St. Gutfree poked a hole in every bag that held any kind of pork or chicken or beef, meat being something he can never digest. All the mylar bags puffed full of nitrogen gas. They were arranged by food, stuffed into brown boxes of corrugated cardboard. In the boxes stenciled dessert were bags of dried cookies, rattling the way seeds would inside a dried gourd. Inside the boxes, stenciled appetizers, freeze-dried chicken wings rattled like old bones. Out of her fear of getting fat, Miss America found every box stenciled desserts and used Chef Assassin's carving knife to poke holes in every bag, just to speed up our suffering, fast-track us to enlightenment. And it's like, to me, like that, like the whole wraparound, like that's what it's all about. Like they're... They think that by maiming and and eating each other and killing each other, that like that is how they're gonna get that fame, that fortune. 
you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so, it's so fucked up. Absolutely. Um, Erica, what do you think about the wraparound? Uh, I love the wraparound. It's just, uh, the, just the whole idea that they are self-sabotaging just for fame is like, it's so dark and cynical. I, I love it though. <laughs> um, one thing I kind of had a question about, so is that, that final short story of obsolete? Now is that just a parable or is that something that was actually happening out in the world while they're on this writer's retreat? And then if they do get out, everyone else in the world is dead. Anyway. <laughs> right, right. Right. And then they're the ones fucking it up for everybody because they're still alive. You know, although I guess they'd have to reproduce to bring a soul back. But yeah. Yeah. That's just, it was sort of a standalone, wasn't it? it? Like, was that real or was that just a story? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah that's nature, Saint Gutfried kept trying, you know, Saint Gutfried kept trying to, you know, lure mother nature in where the romantic lead and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, gosh, where do we go from here? Well, um, I, I've got some uh, shitty reviews. I, I guess it's time. Assuming, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear them. Crystal. All right, this is Sean Shitty Reviews Literary Edition. Um, <laughs> no Rotten Tomatoes this time. I had to go straight to Goodreads. Ow. And there's some there's some fucking great ones here too um i can imagine <laughs> so prepare your anuses um <laughs> okay all right and i didn't get names for this because um goodreads tends to some some people get really like personal um and so i just i'm just reading the reviews i'm not i'm not given because you know there's i don't whatever i don't want people to get called out so uh our first review Stopped on page 25. I can't finish this. This book is weird and disgusting and gut-wrenching. I decided to read this book because I read in a group comment that it was the weirdest thing they've ever read. So I decided to give it a try. Just fucking no. (laughs) Stories about some kid sodomizing himself with a fucking carrot and some Vaseline. A teenager jacking off with some candle wax. Through his piss hole. The storyteller jacking off in a pool, hovering over the pool's suction shit, so it's basically eating his ass while he jacks off, and next thing you know, it's sucking up his guts, and he has to eat his asshole out to save himself. Occasional sentences about doing what the French do or some weird shit. No, stop. What the fuck? Mr. Palinick, this isn't horror. This is some vile shit, sir. Vile, vile shit. I get you wanted horror without supernatural monsters or magic. But these stories are not it. Read some Stephen King work uh, for some real ordinary world horror. Misery, for example. That's some nerve-wracking stuff. That's horror. My eyes felt as though they were about to pop out of my head while reading this. Excuse me, going to brush my eyeballs and brain to remove the images and thoughts I've just read. Oh, bless wow. <laughs> That review would make Chuck happy, I think. I think yeah, it would. He would I think laugh it would. at it. He's got a great yeah, review. Like, yes, I think it would. Um, 
The next one uh, just says, the literary equivalent of belching the alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's hilarious. Um, Our next one, uh, the book falls apart immediately. All of the stories slash poems are obviously written by the same person. They share (sighs) themes, style, and emotion. Plus, they all suck. Not to mention some are gross, just for the sake of being gross. Furthermore, all of the losers on this retreat so desperately want fame, they start sacrificing themselves to make a more heroic tale of their seclusion. My only hope was that it would turn out to be one guy with multiple personalities fighting writer's block. That would have been cool. But no, it wasn't. Don't read this book. (laughs) And I will agree, that actually would be kind of a cool Yeah, I did see the book. Yeah. But it's it's, uh, not as dark. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. And uh, at last, and certainly not least, I find myself bleeding profusely from the extreme cutting-edge qualities of this book every time I pick it up. Not. Ha-ha. <laughs> Ha-ha. R-O-T-F-L-M-A-O. Only in the it world of... That. I think I'm it's sorry. like rolling on the floor, laughing my ass. Oh no, I know, but I'm like, I thought that yeah. went out of style. Yeah, yeah, that was like t- ten years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. R O T F L M A O. Only in the rolling world. Rolling on the floor, laughing my ass off. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was getting the letters right. Oh, okay, up. okay. <laughs> Let me start over again. R O T F L M A O. Only in the world of Chuck. This would be R O T. P-L... Oh, hold on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Only in the world of Chuck, this would be R-O-T-F-L-M-P-O. That's right. Rolling on the floor laughing my penis off. Why? Because it's gross, <laughs> and it isn't that funny. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't funny either. Update. The hurl has now been performed, and Chuck Palahniuk's haunted sailed in a graceful arc, then smashed against the wall. Its guts spilled out, and several rodents started gnawing on them. Oh, shut up. <laughs> wow, somebody took a creative writing course. There. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Rolling on the floor, laughing my penis off. Uh, I must have done that too long ago. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that goes into our reviews. Um, I gave this... Uh, obviously a 10 out of 10 nightmare boxes i inflict this book upon people um and it's it's odd that i do that because it bothered me so badly the first time that i read it like traumatized me um just because uh there were some personal things that kind of it triggered personal things for me and i think that's um some of the case with uh, some of these stories, like there's something in some, one of these stories, at least, that just at least a little bit touches on something mm-hmm. with everybody who reads it. Um, and I think he was successful in doing um, what was already stated uh, that he was trying to do, write a horror story without any supernatural or, you know, anything like that or monsters, you know, just just people are, are monsters. People are terrible. And uh, I think that's very successful in that. And uh, his type of transgressive fiction is is very important. And he definitely has a huge fan base um, for that reason. It's clearly not for everyone. 
Um, and that's okay if I inflicted this book upon you and I did you harm, I am sorry. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's something you should read for yourself and find out. Um, get, get, if you can get through Guts and try one more story. If you can't get through that one, then okay, you're done with that book. But um, yeah, even though this, there, there are a lot of parts of this that, it, particularly Exodus, that really disturb me. Um, when I, <laughs> every time I go to reread this, I stop and I put the book down at Exodus and I'm like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? Hmm. Um, but I'm like, no, I'm in a better place mentally. But at the end of the story, I'm not. But I know that. But I'm like, you know, a, a writer who can do that and elicit these kind of responses that can get you and, and say, and you can still say, wow, that was gross. That was scary. That was this. This was hopeless. This was whatever. But leaves you begging for more leaves an impression upon you then he did his job he did what he set out to do and he's very proud of that and you know like man you got my money um i support <laughs> you i i love his works i love his non-fiction works stranger than fiction is one that i like to recommend as well as often as i recommend haunted i recommend stranger than fiction um but yeah so i had to give this 10 out of 10 nightmare boxes all right, I'll go next. I'm going to give this uh, 8 out of 10 greasy, stinky carrots. <laughs> you know, Never it, to be talked about. At the end of the day, like I said earlier, like this is essentially just a collection of short stories um, with uh, wraparound. And it's clever the way he did it. Um, he had I had read in an interview that when he decided to do this he was thinking along the lines of something like the collected works of Edgar Allan Poe and so he put this together with the short stories and there's some poems in there introducing each of the the characters before their their short story um, and it's just you know it's really neat the way he did it and the way he put it all together uh, but just like with all short story collections that I've read You've got some good ones, and you've got some that aren't quite so good, and that's kind of where I am with this. Like, there are some some short stories in this that I'm kind of like, eh, take it or leave it, you know? Um, and then there are some that I read that I really, really fucking enjoyed. Um, it's funny, too, because when you look, when you break each one of these short stories down, they're essentially just writing prompts, carrots, bowling balls, CPR dummies. It's almost like he had these prompts and he was like, what's the most fucked up story I can write about a CPR dummy? You know, and and it's and it's funny when you when you as someone who writes and has used writing prompts in the past, you know, you start to pick up on things like that. And so it's it's kind of funny to to think that maybe he just had these random prompts and he was like, "All right, I'm just going to write some fucked up shit about a bowling ball and see how it turns out." Um <laughs> But and and I think you know something that that kind of takes away um, where where I took a point away was I feel like the book is longer than it should have been. Um, it, it some it seems to to stretch out uh, a little bit near the end. So um, that's just that's just my my thought. I know Candy's giving me some side eye, but um, <laughs> it's the eyebrow. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I see it all the time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Famous so, for that eyebrow. Uh, but as far as recommendations go, I agree with Candy. Stranger than Fiction is fun. I haven't finished it, but it is all it is nonfiction. Um, and he used to be a journalist, 
And so it's a lot of his like weirder stories. There's one in, in there with Marilyn Manson where he's in his attic and Marilyn Manson's doing like tarot card readings. There's another one where he's at the testicle festival, which, <laughs> which is a I funny like the one. confessions in stone one where he's, he talks about the people that build the castles. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not what you'd think he'd write. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, um, again, survivor is probably my favorite, uh, fiction of his. And he also has a writing book called Consider This that uh, is really interesting because it not it doesn't just like show you like how he writes, but it talks about like how he learned to write and and the writing group that he's a part of and the people that are in that group and the things that that his uh, uh, mentors had taught him. His his idol is uh, uh, Ira Levin and. So, you know, there's some interesting stories in there in there about things that he's learned um, having conversations with Ira Levin and stuff. So it's it's pretty interesting. So check those out. Eight out of ten greasy, stinky carrots. <laughs> yeah. Okay, who would like to go next? Sure. Um, ten out of ten uh, anatomically correct dolls. <laughs> like I'm, go- I'm going there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah um yeah this is it's such a, a cool book like it's um it, it definitely does like a lot of things that i enjoy in horror fiction like it's gory it's in poor taste in a lot of ways but it's also thought-provoking um and it's kind of the the thought-provoking elements that made me you know return to it for a second reading um and i i really do like the wraparound segment like i could I don't, I don't know how this could be adapted to film and get an R rating, but I, I could see this. I can envision it as an anthology movie, honestly, um, because it has that, that whole wraparound element to it that you see in a lot of good anthology horror films. Um, as far as uh, the writing style, like some people have compared Chuck Palahniuk to uh, Ernest Hemingway because he has kind of a minimalist style. I would say, okay, he's like, Ernest Hemingway if Hemingway didn't suck. This yeah. is like a hot take. <laughs> I don't like Hemingway wow. either. Thank you. Right. Wow. If Hemingway wrote stories and characters I actually found interesting and cared about. <laughs> wow. Um, so I, I definitely do recommend this book and um, also highly recommend Survivor. So that's uh that's one I'm hoping we can read. I, I made a note of it. It's gonna be my next read. Yeah, nice. we're gonna we're gonna do more um, of Chuck Palahniuk's books. Yeah, it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. It gets hilarious. Like at first, it it starts out really fucked up, but it, it, the main character is doing things that are just awful. But then it's like you end up like you know kind of caring about the guy, or at least understanding why he's doing the awful stuff early on in the book. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. So I'm gonna read yeah, this next. Okay, um, you guys are up, Dave and Chris. You, you, you go first. Oh, you I read, go first. You read the whole thing. Oh, I read the whole thing, so I get to go first. Uh, I'm going to give it eight out of ten tissue-filled sleeves. Um, (laughs) Nice. I think I uh, most identified with my sneezy. Um, I liked it. It it was a good book. Um, I recognized really quickly the names of some of the characters and the different colors of the rooms because of the Mask of the Red Death by Poe. 
Um, and then, you know, Poe has, uh, they did uh, 64, a 1964 movie starring Vincent Price. Oh, so good. In, Roger in, Corman. Yeah. In any ex excuse I can say to mention Vincent Price, that gave it an extra point. But also uh, Basil Rathbone uh, read, read this in the 60s. There's a recording of him reading The Mask of the Red Death in the 60s. So got to mention Basil too. Um, but um, I, I enjoyed this. I'm glad that you exposed me to it. Uh, Chuck Pallet Truck uh, was great. <laughs> um, uh, there, there were some short stories I'm hoping Dave will revisit since he's not under a, like a time crunch now and, and he'll make it through, especially the Nightmare Box, because that was great. I could see that being either a Twilight Zone episode or like a um, Tales from the Dark Side episode. Um, I liked that one. I didn't get to talk about uh, Missing Link, uh, the dissertation story. I had Dave read because I thought he would enjoy that one a lot. Um, but that one I liked a lot. Um, I actually did some research with a Catholic friend of mine for a part of the Mother Nature story. <laughs> I was like, how much does it take to be a nun? And she sent me a link and I was like, how much am I going to get berated now? So there's a lot on that. But with the missing link story, I had a Haitian friend and I sent an excerpt from that missing link story about Haitian women that are pregnant, drinking a mixture of different things, including gasoline to ward off werewolves while they're pregnant. And I was like, girl, is this true? Why is this wrong with you? Because I was joking with her and she was like, I have never heard this. Let me ask my aunties. And she sent it off and was texting and asking them. And they were like, yes, we do this. That's why y'all are the way you are. But yes, this, yes, we do this. So um, Chuck did do his research. So I have to. And then there was a lot of medical stuff that we didn't discuss that he had throughout the book that was legit. So for him actually doing his research and keeping it 100, I, I am impressed. So Eight out of ten tissue filled sleeves. Leaves <laughs> Dave. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to give it just an eight out of ten only because it's only my first reading, and so I'm not qualified to give it uh, a ten out of ten. But I really enjoyed the stories I read. Um, I really the, the story I picked, obsolete, really tickled me because of the thought of the space program. Um, which is one of my favorite things on earth is the, you know, the, the world space program, finding out something that convinces all mankind just to chuck it all and throw themselves off of buildings, which is such a funny juxtaposition to me because I, I think of the space program as sort of the highest, noblest thing of all mankind. And like that they would find something that would say, just everybody just kill yourselves. It's fine. <laughs> I found that really amusing. Um, a lot, yeah, I like the fact that he led with guts. I, I, I respect that. He's like, if you can get through this, the rest of this shit's going to be a breeze, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Not to, but for me, it was. That was the it's worst. It's a nice part. punch to the face. If you can take this punch, you can take some more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> take some I, and I think the thing about Guts, too, is that, that opening line of the short story where he's like, take a breath and hold it and then just hold it just a little bit longer. Yes. You'll <laughs> you be know? able to make it to the story. Yeah. 
And there was the story that was, I can't remember the title about the, the airplanes filled with ammonium nitrate crashing into the world's religious. That, that was Reverend Godless. That was punch drunk. Yeah. And I, I found that interesting that they would think that by wiping out the world's religious icons, you know, uh, Mecca, you know, the Vatican, that they would like do away with religion, which is exactly the opposite of what would happen. Right. Knowing mankind. Um, I thought they were a little, a little stupid, but it was interesting uh, the way they did it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to read Survivors. I, I made a, a note in my phone. I'm going to read Survivor. Yeah, Chuck is not an easy read if you're squeamish. Um, yeah, it's yeah. challenging. Uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I didn't love all of it, but you know, I don't have to. Well, I mean, it's such an easy book to not like, but like it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you get something from it, but I can't. Like I said, I don't like any of the characters well like i, I was talking about like the most horrible person in the book well one of the most well, there's so many horrible people in the book but it's the, the kid right. with um Frigeria. you want to yeah. have sympathy and you find that he's like the worst person on the planet yeah you know, he's, yeah he's and so this like, isn't the first group i don't know how to i don't know how to yeah. feel about this you know how am and I it always ends up the same <laughs> The fuck you doing with your time, buddy? And that, that's right. interesting. The fact that he says that you are exactly like every other group I've had through here. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're all just as awful as everyone else. And that reminded me of Jigsaw. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, there is a very Saw theme. Yeah. yeah. Chuck is not a fan of the human condition. Right. With, yeah. But, but it's like different from Saw, though. It's like all the characters are opting to torture themselves and each other like Mr. Whitaker isn't doing it to them directly. And the fact that they're they're also they're also stupid and narrow sighted to not get with each other and say, "Hey, you're not going to fuck up the rest of the food, are you? Let's just fuck up this." Like they all screw up the one thing they think. Yeah, you know, yeah let's just fuck up the process. Rather than without getting yeah. together and saying, "Hey, you're not going you know, to," so it's just a, and they wind up screwing up everything, which is again the human condition, right? Yeah. See, and yeah. see that on their own they were terrible, but then when they started grouping up and deciding these things. It got even worse. They become truly horrible. Right. Yeah. And then Miss America getting cat scratch fever. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, just, just fever. I, need a, I need a hug. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of book, but I think we need to have books like this. Uh you know, just to you, you know, to exist. Uh there are people out, you know, I, I enjoy this. It's not something and I'm a chronic rereader. Um, Erica just sent me back the help and I'm already rereading it and I've read it probably like a hundred times. I'm never tired of it. I like to revisit stories that I like my friends. I don't revisit this one a lot, but I'm glad I've read it and I do revisit it here and there. Yeah. Yeah, and so. I think I think another one you'll like, Dave, is uh his latest book or, or the the newest book that he's had come out. I think it came out in uh 2020, uh, The Invention of Sound. And it's the premise is basically like a foley artist creates mm -hmm. creates uh sound for horror movies and creates a sound um so terrifying that it kills people and, like and it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting fucking story Remember the Monty Python skit about the joke that killed everybody who heard it? <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like yeah. that's just not as funny. But yeah. you, if you study audi uh, audiology, you know yeah, the sound. Yeah, there <laughs> are like levels of sound and pitch and tune yeah, that they can drive people crazy. What's there's, the name of the story? The book again? Uh, Invention of Sound. 
I'm making a note of it. There's people that it could drive them crazy, and that there are some that could drive people to killing themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I talked about this. Um, Morrissey, Morrissey does that to me. Yeah. Yes, seasons ago. But yeah, seasons ago, I talked about. Um, you guys may remember this. Um, how I don't like jump scares. And what they do now in the last, you know, several years, like maybe last seven, eight years, is in the theaters, uh, there's a tone that plays yeah. that we cannot discern through, like, just the naked ear, but it plays and it fills your body with dread. So that way when the cat jumps out and that fake jump scare, you actually, like, freak the fuck out because your body is already reacting to that sound. And that's why I'm like, I don't like these fucking cheap jump scare motherfucking movies. Like, right. if you're going to give me a jump scare, I want a jump scare like Mike Flanagan does jump scares. He doesn't cheat you into them. He earns them. Right. Absolutely. You know? That's what you, they should be used sparingly and with meaning. Don't trick me into it with a fucking sound, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need help with anxiety, bitch. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm already anxious. Like the time that guy threw the popcorn on us when we saw The Conjuring. Remember that, honey? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Wow. <laughs> no, and, nice. and, and his girlfriend or wife or whatever was cracking up. And I'm like, I have popcorn in my fucking hair. I don't uh, like things <laughs> in my hair, except for what was I was. Was he just in. reacting to a jump scare when that a jump happened? Scare. Or, yeah, and it know. was an early jump scare, not even anything like that you would think would be he somebody would jump at, but it was that tone was playing and it was something that that plays and then boom, something happened and I next thing I know, I'm, they were sitting in front of us, so it threw backwards and <laughs> I'm dripping with popcorn. And, and then he's he's laughing and, and the wife's embarrassed and laughing and I'm just like I could kick your ass for that. But then <laughs> that movie, the same movie, when they played the tone another time, scared the shit out of me. I was just like, chunking it back at him. I wish I had, but I, yeah. I that popcorn's like fucking $12. Fucking it is. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to just toss it and around. that was years ago. That was when the first Conjuring was out. So Right. So, uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was our great uh, starter for our official literary discussions. Um, the next one coming up is going to be a doozy, so this one's not quite as long as we tend to go on. But uh, go ahead and, and get to plugs. Um, I'll keep mine simple. Um, I run all of, well, pretty much all of our socials, like our official Twitter page and all that. Uh, my Instagram, it's all in the link tree, uh, link tree slash candy, the final girl. And I'm Sean of the Dead. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean of the Dead. Who's up? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at my horrific life. All right. Uh, yeah, here and nowhere else, really. You can find me wherever you find Dave. <laughs> Aww. Aww, I always love that. Pip and zip. Yeah. <laughs> They're what zip. the fuck, Chuck, tonight. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Chuck? What I'm going to have to start getting creative now. You guys yeah. have inspired me. Yeah. We try. For we next did. episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're even gonna have a release this week, are we? I don't, I'm sure you can cut this out, but um, Did yeah, we we're shout gonna out to our, release our, until our next week, so I can announce that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is that I'm going to uh, take the laptop with me to Canada, and maybe I can edit. You know, <laughs> when we okay. when we lay yeah, down. Yeah. I'm sorry, I could have asked you that afterwards, but it just struck me. You know, I'd forget if I didn't ask. Right no, now, okay. I'll just. 
out of my brain. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for for doing this. I'm looking forward to the next one, which is, uh, yeah. What, what, Dave what, just saw your name. I changed my name, and Dave just saw it. Oh, I didn't even look. <laughs> I'm too busy looking at your face. <laughs> Gross. You're a bad, bad man. Literally yeah. got whiplash for. <laughs> 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 I, it's great. And you know what? I was telling Candy like like the thing that another thing about that that got me was the when he saw his vitamin in the oh. intestine. He said that he he said he when he when he realized what it was, it was the thing that his dad gave to him every morning to keep him alive. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like how dad brought the pool boy out and was like, that's fucking dog we had. Yeah. An animal. Yeah. <laughs> and the pool boy was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then dad just kept on. That dog was an animal. And was, well, that, that's what dads do. Like when they fart, they blame it on the dog. Yeah. <laughs> blame everything on the that's dog. Right. The dad move. Blame everything on the dog. That's right. Or if you're Shawnee, you blame it on your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's love for you. Yeah. A lot of makeup. A lot of makeup to cover up these black eyes. <laughs> oh meanest thing you get from me is a tongue lashing. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> we Ew, go. get your mic out of the cutter. <laughs> but I'm mad you think that that's what I get out. Treat, treat me like a CPR dummy. <laughs> oh come on now! <laughs> Breathing, Betty. Oh, dude. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thanks so much. Love you, and see guys. you all next week. Love you guys. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>